Hi, it's Matt Weaver with BibleTruthProject.com. Today, I'm going to be speaking about salvation and or, you could say, redemption. Now, in the church world, a lot of things are talked about when it comes to salvation. And we grow up with uh, somewhat of an understanding of what salvation is, that that God sent his son to save the world and that we through him would be saved and uh that's kind of the you know it's 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 by grace through faith and not of ourselves it is a gift but there's a huge uh loss of the full picture of it in simply that narrative there's a lot more information that the bible gives us and i'm not saying it's necessarily wrong you know to limit it to that but i, I like i say there is more in this whole picture, and I would like to talk about that today in our segment. So first of all, salvation is really a word that means saving from, so God saved us from. But the the uh, references that the Bible really gives to uh, what God is doing is something different called redemption. Now, it is not wrong to say salvation, but salvation uh, and, and salvation is right by saying salvation is of our God. And that's correct. He, he saved us and he brought us. But the act by which he saved us was through redemption. And redemption, uh, the, the concept of redemption is woven into the biblical fabric going all the way back to Abraham. Redemption was simply redeeming or buying back property that belonged to oneself. A perfect example being the prodigal son who he bought back after he was marginalized. In the context of the day with the Jewish people, that story had quite a bit of a different uh, tone or connotation than what it does even to us today. But it speaks of the story of redemption, that God is the one who accepted us in even though we didn't deserve it anymore. So the first verse I'm going to use as a reference is the story of Zechariah in the temple when his mouth was shut because he did not speak the things that the angel had told him to or the name of his son. And he uh, then opens his mouth and says this, starting in verse uh, Luke 1, 68. And I think this is really a vital, vital uh, section of scripture. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed, there's the word, his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He's talking about the Messiah. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the, since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies. So there's salvation. And from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him with fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people 
by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his showing to Israel. Now this is talking about John the Baptist, or Yohanan the Immerser, as the Bible would, would call him. And he is the prophet to go before the Messiah. And that's significant because that fills, uh, fulfills the verse that Elijah will come before the Messiah comes in the Old Testament. Now salvation is a wonderful thing and redemption is wonderful. And it, it speaks to two different things. So saving from the evil that is in this world but redeeming us back, which is buying us back. And God had to buy us back because we were marginalized. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail there. I'm just going to speak now 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as we know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. Now, here he's referencing buying back with silver and gold. So the way this worked in the old times is if somebody decided to leave the house, that was... uh very unthinkable in the patriarchal uh, societies of the day. You basically gave yourself uh, no protection because in a patriarchal society, the patriarch of the family would be responsible to take care of your well-being. You would have all your uh, needs met, clothes, food, shelter. Everything was the responsibility of the patriarch. And he would take the resources that was made available to him and would uh, use those so that everybody would have their needs met. And it was a tremendous, uh, tremendously good way to survive in, in the old times. And when somebody went out on their own outside of the camp, that means they were marginalized. They're outside of that protection. So in the story of the prodigal, he goes to a faraway country, which in that time, you know, you would go away. It could be the Decapolis, which there's two big cities close by, uh, Gadara or Jerash, and that might be what Jesus was thinking when he said the story. And But anyway, so he goes out and he spends this, this money, which is uh, something that is just unheard of in that culture. Okay, You don't ask for your inheritance because he wasn't even the firstborn. It wasn't his inheritance. So uh, the father had gone out of his way anyway to give him what he wanted. And then he goes and ruins it, ends up in a pig pen, which for a Jewish man is the ultimate insult. He then comes back and says, well, I'll just be a servant. And then his father, who sees him, runs out to meet him. Well, there's a little hidden detail in that, and that is when a person would come back who was marginalized, if the town would find him first, uh, they would declare him uh, useless and, 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 and throw him out forever. But he ran out, met him, and redeemed him, okay? He bought him back. Now, you can uh, look at this verse in, in 1 Peter. It says, you know, we're not redeemed with things like silver or gold. So he didn't pay for it um, like with silver and gold, okay? But he did it with his blood, which is so much greater and so much more powerful and I'm going to finish, and I'm going to keep this one short for once. In Revelation 5, 9, it's, and it says, They sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. 
for thou wast slain and has redeemed us or bought us back to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, nation. So I want to encourage you today that if you have experienced this redemption, the buying back through the blood of the Messiah, you are in this picture. This is speaking of an event that is to come, and we will see this fulfilled in all the earth. You're going to see every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. You're going to see people who have been redeemed, bought back by the blood of the Messiah. So take courage, and God bless.